0: As some of you may have noticed, we did not upload last week. We we missed a Friday upload. And, you know, I could tell the story. I could. But I think it would be best if you heard it from the man himself. I don't want to tell the story. I think we should just hear it from <laughs> the man himself. I don't want to tell the story. It was man. a great
1: Friday. I don't know what you're talking about. It was the worst Friday of my <laughs> life. Um, it's also the most, like unsanctified I have (laughs) been in a very long time that's the point of
0: this podcast
1: yeah yeah (laughs) I I actually think that I think this is a big step for your mind's friendship so like I've been without a car for a month now um like I I got in a wreck a while back and so I've been trying to get this car back for a long time and this is like the epitome of adulthood just calling insurance companies calling auto body shops crying in between like is welcome to adulthood And so I finally am able to go pick up this car on a Friday. I'm like, okay, great, fantastic. But there was like some miscommunication with the shop and I get there. Car is not there. It's not ready. Um, Also, I turned in my rental car and no one in Raleigh, there was not a rental car available for like a month and a half.
0: It was kind of ridiculous.
1: It was, it was absolutely ridiculous. But then, like, Vic and I are sitting in this car, and he just drived all the way out there, like, 40-plus minutes to this body shop <laughs> with me. He has he has a meeting in an hour. His dog is in the back seat, and his dog smells terrible. Bro, his breath. And, like. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> and the entire time, I'm, like, I'm crying to my mom. And I'm, like, I'm trying to, like, because I'm, like, I don't have a car. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, everything is falling apart. And I'm, like, I'm just, like... Every auto body shop I call, like, I can't get a car. I, I can't get anything. um, And, man, I just said a still soft prayer in my head. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, if you're real. Oh,
0: I see what you're, you're doing real, here. <laughs> I see what you're doing here.
1: If you are real, Lord, bring a rental car.
0: There's some power show, in that show, prayer. Show,
1: show me a Ram in the thicket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... um actually i ended up finding a rental car everything was fine and like the owner of the shop was super nice like he went up and like got my car and brought it back so like everything worked out um but at the end of the day man don't ever don't let anyone ever tell you one that renting a car is easy it's not um and two don't let anybody ever tell you that prayer doesn't work
0: bro to both of those points renting a car is tough and expensive it's awful and it's awful and prayer works (laughs) well that is a perfect transition because today we're going to be talking about the power of prayer the second episode in our three episode saga of prayer what is up guys my name is victor and i'm a student pastor at a local church in north carolina
1: and my name is Reagan Jones, also a student pastor of a local church in North Carolina, and welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who clearly have not figured it out, nor have they mastered car insurance.
0: Bro, they don't um, teach you that in school. They don't. They don't. How to rent a they car, don't. how to do your taxes, What what they is don't. insurance, why do you have to have it? It's just so like weird weird
1: caveat, but I feel like being 25 is a really weird point in life because I'm like I'm fully on my own, like I'm an adult, but when things happen like this, I'm an immediately a 14-year-old child and I'm like <laughs> I I am solely dependent on my parents. I'm like mom, dad, fix this,
0: please. 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 <laughs> please. Yeah. That's so true actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Well, it's so strange, man. Today we're going to be talking about the power of prayer and this is kind of like Last week, I think maybe before we dive into power of prayer, sitting in the book of James, I want to bring up some stuff in Ephesians that I really like. I want to just yeah. do like a super quick recap of what we talked about last week. So, Reagan, maybe just help us remember what our podcast was about last week. <laughs> you trying to get me to remember what we talked about three weeks ago? <laughs> There's a, I, there's, a I, I, I there's a reason I hate you. There's a reason there's a reason I didn't do I the re- you. <laughs> Well,
1: because you literally looked at me, I was like, oh, he's about to ask me to recap what we talked about. I haven't listened to the episode. <laughs> um, No, I I know we talked about the purpose of prayer and like why why do we even pray in the first place? Yeah. And so like here, I'm gonna pull this out of thin air. I remember this now. Boom. Like the whole point of prayer was to like spend time with God. And, like, that is our goal. That is what we've been created to to do as human beings. Um, and prayer is just one of the easiest ways that we can commune with God and be with him and be fully known and fully loved in a space like prayer. And so oftentimes, like, we view prayer as, like, well, it's just petition or it's just Thanksgiving or It's just a thing I do before I I, I eat my Chipotle. Like, no, prayer at its core is you spending time with God. And so we talked about a lot of different ways to actually get to that point.
0: Yeah, and so if you haven't checked out that episode, it's literally the last one. So go check it out, go give it a listen, and then come back to this episode. Today, we're talking about the power of prayer. And I think this is the perfect kind of like next step to the purpose of prayer, because you're right. We talked a lot about what it just looks like to sit and be with Jesus and to enjoy our relationship with him. And so yeah. now, how does that actualize? How do we see that come into play in a believer's life? And, I mean, you can look all throughout Scripture. There's time and time again evidence of the power of prayer. And I think today you had brought up that you want to sit in a passage, and I think that is just the perfect passage for us to camp out in. So so where are we going to be today?
1: Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's been like interesting for me is like James four, two says you have not because you ask not. And so a lot of the times we have these desires in our life and it's like, well, like I, I, Lord, I want you to see in the, well, I want you to move in this way, but we actually haven't prayed for it. And so James is saying like, well, Hey y'all wake up. Like you have this the Lord would like to give it to you. You have not because you ask not. But then he also follows up and says, you ask not, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Yeah. And so what we see here is like, yes, like the Lord, like wants you to like, there's power in bringing your desires to God, but also the Lord wants to sanctify those desires in the middle of you bringing them to him and kind of where we want to end with this is like, man, like what happens when you ask God for something, you petition, you bring it to him. He's sanctifying your desires are coming from a good place. And like, what happens when God says no? Yeah, like what what happens when you feel like He's not hearing those prayers in the first place? And so, like if if there is power in our prayers to bring these petitions to God, is the power in us bringing them to Him, or is the power in God bending the answer to what we pray for? And I think that, that yeah. that's, that's kind of where we're going to land with this, but I think it's an easy starting point in James four too.
0: Yeah, James 4 2 is, is a really good verse to camp out in because you're right. It reads, I'll, I'll just read it again because I want to hit verse 4 2 because I, uh, I, yeah. th- I think it's just a beautiful kind of like end cap to this. So, James 4 2 you desire but do not have, so you kill, you covet but do not get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Skipping down to verse four, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So James is kind of like notorious for just like getting straight to the point. Like he doesn't really, he doesn't play this fancy financial footwork like Paul does. Okay. James just gets to the heart of the issue and it's, I find it so fascinating that James is comparing. Hey, you do not have because you do not ask God. To you, adulterous people, like you don't pray, you don't spend time with Jesus. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity against God? That's such a fascinating pairing in those two verses to me.
1: Well, and I don't think we really understand. Like, first of all, it sounds legalistic right off the bat, but. I don't think it is when you actually understand like adultery at its core, like adultery is a, is a image that is used in the Bible to describe like people's hearts longing and worshiping and getting affirmation from things other than God. Yeah. So it's like, you're supposed to have like one spouse adultery is when you go outside of that relationship. Like that's what the Bible paints this as. And so oftentimes like we have these desires and instead of staying within the relationship, like God has given you an avenue to ask for these things. We either take it into our own hands, we go to the world, we go to these different avenues, and what James is saying is like, that's adultery. Yeah. is like, you are doing a good thing petitioning, you're asking for these desires, but at the same time, you're going about it the wrong way, and he equates that with adultery. Yeah. Which is wild. Well. It's wild,
0: man. And it's, it's really fascinating, because it makes me think of Saul. And if you go back to the end of the book of 1 Samuel, kind of like this concluding, like life of Saul is a really tragic and like sad story for how Saul dies and what, yeah. what essentially happens is Saul realizes that God has turned his back on him and that that's that God is no longer in fellowship with Saul because of Saul's consistent and habitual sin and so Saul realizing this is like okay well instead of humbling myself like David does In Psalm 51, a broken and contrite heart, the Lord will not despise. Instead of doing that, what does Saul do? He goes to this medium. He goes to this like witch, like craft person. And he asks this person to to bring up Samuel, not God, Samuel. So Saul is literally, instead of going to God on his knees, broken and contrite heart, is going to the thing that he thinks he's he's trying every worldly measure yeah. of accomplishing his will to earn God's favor back. Like Saul goes to Samuel to try and get God's favor back. But Saul goes to Samuel instead of going to God. And that's just yeah. a fascinating but, thing to me. That's so
1: good. I didn't even think about that parallel because we, we we talked about that at church a couple weeks yeah. ago. I didn't even
0: think about that parallel
1: until you just brought it up. But I think here's the thing for me is like oftentimes like I have desires in my life. that's like, I'm not going to like a witch doctor, like, like Saul. Yeah. I mean, so there's like the practical application with that. Like doesn't necessarily align with my life, but I think what aligns with my life is like, I think prayerlessness can also be like a form of adultery that James is talking about here Yeah. because prayerlessness says in a sense that I can rely on it myself, that it's like a lack of desperation. It's a lack of neediness. It's a little bit of pride. Yeah. Um, and I think for me sometimes I feel like, well, they're just not things that are worth praying. Like we're supposed to pray for missions, we're supposed to pray for the world, salvations, but like God doesn't care about like, you know, my car. He doesn't care about that. Yeah. And that's that's not true. Like he cares about all things. Um and so I, I think even like that, like it, it can be going and finding like different things to get your answers from. It can also be looking for the answers within yourself. And yeah. it can be a lack of prayerlessness. Um that leads to you not asking God for these things. One, but of, here's, here, here's the thing I want to throw back to you though. Hold okay. Up. Is the purpose of asking for these things to receive these things? Cause like, cause like what, what, what James is saying here is like, you, you do not have because you do not ask. Yeah. And so is the end goal of this to get that thing or is the end goal something else?
0: Yeah. I think, especially when we're talking about spending time with Jesus, our, our church and our student ministry—we use this thing called Acts, and it's a way that we pray through, like our time with Jesus or with our students. And so, A is adoration, C yeah. is confession, T is Thanksgiving, S is supplication. And I think, I think the primary purpose of us spending time with Jesus is for us to enjoy our relationship with God, and for God to like speak to us through prayer, and for us to speak to God through prayer. Um, but. There's this very clear picture in scripture all throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, where people kind of like bring their requests to God and God responds in one of three ways. Yes, maybe or wait or no.
1: And I think a perfect
0: picture of this is Paul when he asks for these thorns to be removed. The purpose of Paul asking for these thorns to be removed was for God to remove the thorns. Like, that was the reason Paul was asking. And I'm convinced that Paul wanted these thorns removed because he thought it would help him do ministry better. So it, like, makes it an even better ask. It's almost like, God, let me serve you better by you removing these thorns. And God's answer was no. But Paul's purpose in asking was because Paul knew God had the power to do it. Oh. But God's answer was no. And what what Paul's response to that was, okay, awesome. In my weakness, yeah. I'm I'm strong. And so there's there's that parallel there. It's like, yeah, I think the purpose in us bringing our requests to God, the purpose in that is for yeah, like I would yeah. love for God to answer in the affirmative to my prayer. But yeah. when he doesn't answer in the affirmative, is my heart in a place that can receive the yeah. weight or the no? And I think a lot of times we don't get the yes is because our heart isn't in the place where if he said wait or no, we would be content with that.
1: Well, and I think we also need to like understand that like every time God says yes, it is always for his glory. Anytime God says no or wait or maybe it is always for his glory. Like this is the thing that's been blowing my mind. Romans 832 has been a big verse for me the last couple of months because I feel like there are things in my life that like. I realized I wasn't praying for that I desired God to give me. And I was like, well, I haven't prayed for it. And if I haven't prayed for it, why am I surprised that he hasn't given it? Yeah. And so I started praying for it. And then I was like, like, uh, Romans eight thirty two says that basically if he gave you Jesus at your worst, how much more will he not graciously give you all good things? And then someone told me that like, when the Bible says, when Paul's saying good, it's not good in the term that I deem it good.
0: Yeah. Good
1: actually means God's glory. It's his good. It's like, um, even Genesis, like when man meant for evil, God meant for good, for his glory, for his honor. And so, and the same thing, it's like, God is a God who loves to give good gifts. Like he wants to bless you. That is true in the Bible. The same thing is, is that he may withhold a good thing from you because in the withholding, he will get glory. He, he, he may tell, you no in your petition, because it is good that he gets glory. He he may bless you and give you the thing that you're praying for because it is good for him to get glory. And I think that's the thing, like, very practically when we think, like, oh, well, like, prayer doesn't have any power. Like, uh, my my friend was on their deathbed, and I prayed every single day. Like, my desires were right. Yeah. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, and God didn't take the cancer away. And two things are true about God. Like, one, the Bible says he hears. Two, this says that he weeps when you weep, and he hurts when you hurt. And three, it says all things work together for good. Yeah, Death is not good. That's not how God meant it to be. But death can bring glory. And so all things work together for his glory, the yes, the no, the maybe, and all these things. And the heart of God can be true in that situation, but his glorious purpose is fulfilled, whether it's a yes or a no or a maybe.
0: Yeah, um, Yeah. And that's where, like... This, this, is, this is where when our hearts as Christians begin to align with the heart of Jesus and we begin praying for the things that God would have us pray for because our heart is becoming more in line with Jesus. And it's like, oh, God is answering a lot of these prayers now. Well, it's because like you've gone through that process of sanctification and you're you're asking for the things that God desires because your heart and Christ's heart are becoming closer through the process of sanctification. And so this is where like the power of prayer becomes really real for a believer. And it's like (laughs) we can look at some Christians and be like, why the heck does God seem to answer this guy's prayers? way more than he does everyone else's. And it's usually because that guy or that girl has a deep, deep, deep walk with the Lord. And you can go have conversations with those people and they'll tell you, yeah, man, I've asked for so many things and the Lord has said no or wait. But it's like the faith that that person kind of like exemplifies is the faith that like I strive for in a lot of ways. And so I think a really good like practical um like example or a practical piece that you can take is to like find that prayer warrior in your life. Like find who that person is and like spend time with them, pray with them, like use them not as like an example to strive to because ultimately that's Christ, but like allow that person to like saturate and pray alongside you so that you can, man, hopefully like benefit from their faith so that you can grow in your faith. That's what Paul, Paul talks about like become more like me because I'm like Christ. It's like okay, well then I'm going to become more like yeah. Paul because Paul is more like Christ.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think this is like that. That's the end of like that's James four three. Like you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to sp- spend it on your passions, on your desires. The key phrase we always focus on there is desires. I don't think that's the right phrase. I think the right wording there is your, yeah. your desires, your passion. So like that's when you're saying when it's like you see prayers answered, quote unquote answered. When the desires of our heart align with God's, but also like sometimes that, that's not, that doesn't automatically mean prayer gets, is, is a yes. Yep. Sometimes like the desire of your heart can be for like world peace. That's a desire of God's heart, but that doesn't mean that it's always going to happen. And so like, that's where it's like his glory. Yep. That is the ultimate desire. And like, man, that, that also doesn't mean like, I want to make sure there's a caveat here that it's like God can be glorified in you praying for your dating life. God can be glorified and you praying for that test at school. God can be glorified and you praying for the nations that they would come to know him. Like those things are true about God. And I feel like sometimes when we feel like, well, we have to pray for the things that gives God glory. We only pray for justice. Yeah. We only pray for missions. We only pray for salvation. And like, those are good things. Pray for that. But like Paul also says in, uh, in Philippians, like if you're anxious about anything, yeah. I'm anxious about a lot more things than just like, you know, missions. Yeah. Like I'm anxious about everything in my day-to-day life. And he says, if you're anxious about anything, pray. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so like, yes, there is like a align your desires with what gives God glory. But also like, even if it doesn't feel like something that gives him glory, he still wants you to pray that to him. Yeah. Because he wants to shape that and turn that, even that little thing that you think isn't worthy of a prayer, he wants to shape that into something that will ultimately give him glory.
0: And that's just, I think that is what this is about. Like the power of prayer is God's glory. And God cares so much about his own glory that he will answer, he will hear us in our prayers and answer in the affirmative when those prayers are like yeah you know what that that is that is glorifying to me and so that's why like we have the capability to pray really bold prayers and and i think yeah. like over anything in our life the small things and the big things like i've seen people pray very boldly for people on their deathbed and say hey like god be glorified like make the gospel more known yeah through the healing yeah of this person and it's like yeah Man, like God can do that, but God can also make himself known and the gospel go forth through answering and the negative.
1: Well, I, I think death and sickness is just the easiest practical application of this. And so I think one of the biggest examples of this is Jim Elliott. Yeah. Where it's like he's a missionary, like he his desires are aligned with God's and he's going and he's sharing the gospel and the people who he was going to share the gospel with ended up murdering him. Yep. And, but it's like, it is actually through his death that like, man, the glory of God has been made known long past his lifetime yeah. and has inspired other people to go to the nations and share the gospel with them. And so I think that's where it's like, God turns all things for good. That doesn't always mean the good of the circumstance. Although he can does that, he can do that. And he does do that. Yeah. Like I've seen miraculous healings at the same time. His glory and honor, whether the answer is yes or the answer is no, or maybe is always the ultimate thing. Yeah. And I think a a very practical thing that I've been doing with this is like, I've got two things that I'm like specifically praying for right now. And I pray for them every day. And I've just felt like they haven't been worth prayer. Honestly, that's just like the reality. I don't know if it's apathy or what. Um, But basically I'll, I'll, I have scripture underneath these two things and I'll pray through one of those verses um, every day. And I'll basically be like, all right, Lord, like I'm not going to be the reason that these things are not seen in my life and I'm going to bring them to you and I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask. And I'm also going to ask that you're going to align my desires and whether the answer is yes, no, or maybe in this, you will get glory and you will get honor through it. But on my end, I'm going to ask and I'm going to ask that you would change, align my desires with yours through these two things. And honestly, man, like that, that's been helpful. Neither one of
0: those has been a yes. yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but there is glory because God shapes my heart through that process.
0: Well, and I think this is a perfect way to kind of close the episode today because man, I, I, I fall into the trap of, it's just not worth praying for, or like, there's more important things to bring to God. And like the beautiful thing about God, The beautiful thing about Jesus is that like Christ's sacrificed covers the smallest things in your life to world peace, the biggest things like God cares so deeply about you. Like he knitted you together in, in your mother's womb. Like he crafted you from nothing. And if God was willing to do that, if in Ephesians 1, it says that, like, God knew you before the the foundation of the earth. If, like, God was willing to give part yeah. of his eternal mind to knowing you, then it makes sense that he cares about the smallest things in our lives. And so, like, who are we to withhold yeah. those things from prayer? Um yeah, I mean a a perfect example, and and this is something that comes straight from my mentor. Um, but there's something in my life right now that I probably should have been praying for more. Um, I I think there was like this this like spiritual apathy I had, and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to surrender it to Jesus. I'm just going to let Him take care of it, and that caused me to like retreat in prayer. And I almost like forced yeah. myself not to think about it because it was stressful, and I didn't want to, so I didn't pray for it. And as this like as this went on and I'm waiting for answers in life, I call my mentor and I'm like, hey, I, I think I like did a terrible job about bringing this to Jesus. And I'm like really convicted over this. My mentor, he said the most like uh, mind breaking thing. He was like, man, your prayers go for eternity future and eternity past. Like you're praying to a God that is outside of this linear timeline. Like you can go Mm -hmm. to God now. Even when it feels Mm -hmm. like you're like at the end, like it's too late. That's good. You can go to God now and he will hear and know your prayers. And it's like, it reminds me of Psalm 86, a prayer of David where he says, hear me, O Lord, answer me. I am poor and needy. I'm at the end of my life. You are my God. Have mercy on me. It's like, it's like at that last minute. That last-ditch effort yeah. where, like, we feel like all is lost and, like, God, even in that moment when we have been faithless to bring this to him, hears and responds. And so, yeah, like, let that give you some confidence to take the things that you don't think are worth taking to Jesus and lay them at his, at his throne. Like, he wants that. And so that's yeah. just something that's so reassuring for me.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, there's power in prayer because of who we're praying to. There's like, there's not necessarily power in my words. Um, There's not anything special about like bowing your head and closing your eyes. But there's power in prayer because you are praying to a God who is both infinite and intimate. Yeah. And because you bring things to him, therefore there's power in prayer. But also know when we bring things to him, the glory is on his terms, not ours. Yeah. And I think oftentimes, like, especially I think we do this a lot in student ministry, but we say, God, move here. God, be glorified here. God, do this. Maybe God doesn't want to do that right now. And so, like, we can ask for it. We can move in that. But God will be glorified no matter what. It just may not always be on the terms that we think. Yep. But there's power in prayer because you bring these things to him in the first place. Um, and I, I love the way you ended that, man. Like, he's, he's infinite and intimate. He can hang the moon, the sky, and the stars. And he still cares about the hairs that are on your head. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a God that is worthy of actually bringing your prayers to Because if he didn't know you, if he just hung the moon, the sky, and the stars, bro, I'm like a faceless name. Yeah. Like, like he, he doesn't know me, but he has all power and all authority, and he knows me better than I know myself. And so one thing that, like, Vic has taught me, that, like, the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf, that it's like, when I fall into prayerlessness, prayerlessness is my default. Yeah. So when I fall into prayerlessness, the Holy Spirit will pray on my behalf um, to God. And like, like knowing that like, like Victor said, it's not too late. Yeah. It's not too late to start. And God is still faithful. Even when we're faithless to him.
0: It's like, who are we to deserve the spirit to pray for us on our behalf? When we're in like legitimate sin or prayerlessness. It's like, like who are we? Yeah. So y'all, hopefully, hopefully that, encouraged you in some way shape or form if it did let us know we would love to hear that you were encouraged so that we can be encouraged so that we can encourage you so that you can encourage us look at how the church is supposed to work <laughs> you can email us at sanctifiedish at gmail.com um, and let us know if you have questions concerns topic ideas we are we want to hear them and so send them our way you can also check us out on tiktok Jones 97 and rotziv157 check us out drop us follow let us know that you're from sanctified ish podcast we'd love to we'd love to hear from you guys next week we'll conclude our three-part saga on on prayer and if if the prequels of star wars tell us anything this one will be <laughs> the best so make sure to come back and we will see you guys yeah. in the next episode until then take care and god bless have you
1: watched Tales of the Jedi yet? Yeah, I haven't. Oh, but I heard it's fantastic. Oh,
0: oh! You finished? Andor I, heard, I heard it's phenomenal, bro. No, no. Is it done? Yeah, seven episodes. Is done? Done, done. What? <laughs>